You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for same race multi tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call one 858 858 On eleven sixteen SEM, the award winning crunch time for Honda's seven year sale ends June thirty. Time as you heard for the seven year sale at Honda. Great offers on a huge range of new models. See honda.com.au. Still to come, Matt Finnis to talk about the issues, and there's plenty of them at St Kilda. We'll speak to Eastern Wood, the Bulldogs captain, of course, as we reflect on last night. But right now, we're joined by the coach of the Pies, a man who must have been scratching his head a little in the first quarter as he watched his side slip four goals behind. But by the end of it, Nathan Buckley's Pies had righted the wrongs, won over the Dogs, and they sit at 6-4 and four after a 35-point win. Nathan, congratulations on last night. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Hutto. Yeah, uh, was, um, the game um, doesn't always go to script, but uh, <laughs> the good opposition, and they, they got off a good start. But we're, as you said, we're able to straighten it up after that. How concerned were you in that? Uh, how quickly were you wanting to get down to the boys at quarter time? Well... I mean, halfway through the first quarter, it was, um, it, was a, it was about one scoring shot each. We'd had the major control of territory, but just hadn't been able to get our hands on it in our own Fort 50. The dogs had defended pretty well. Um, you know, a couple of goals went on there pretty quick at the end of the first quarter, but um, four goals is... You know, it's, not a, it's, not in, you know, it's not a small margin, but it's not a, a, a sort of insurmountable task and we just needed to you know, get in at quarter time and just make sure that we refocused on what we wanted to achieve and then go out and execute a bit better. In that break, how much do you do and how much do the senior players do in terms of both interacting with you with feedback but also just helping to make those changes that need to be made? Yeah, well they're not sometimes there's no changes, it's just um, re-emphasising you know, what the game is showing us and yeah, you know, what, what clearly what our planning was going in, and and how we wanted to execute, and how well we're doing that. So it might not necessarily be about the opposition. It it might be about uh, some things that we haven't done or that we can do better. And um, I think our our structure is fairly similar to most. We we, we jump into divisions, you know, first and foremost, and the, the divisional coaches look after their their aspects, and the the, the senior leaders will have a significant impact on that that discussion. Um, yeah, and then by the time we wind up, we've sort of gone out with a couple of key thoughts and, and focuses for the group. And were the Bulldogs doing anything that you know, either you were surprised at or, or thought they'd do, but were just doing better than, than uh, you'd hoped and, and that you needed to counter specifically? No, well, they're, they're a busy side and they play with good intensity and great effort. And um, yeah, they've, they've played some pretty good footy in the last month and, and they've, I know that they feel, you know, through their, their communication last week, they feel like they were up and ready to go. Um, I mean, the real, the big, the big item in the first quarter for us was the fact that we just didn't pressure the ball carrier um, to our usual standard, and it doesn't really matter who the opposition is if you give them time and space, they'll uh, they'll slice you up. And, and our back six has been pretty good all year, and uh, we got hit up on three or four times, and 
couple of 50 metre penalties and your, your four goals down. Nathan Dermott here. Uh, congratulations on banking another four points. Hey, uh, that first quarter, I totally agree with you. I actually thought it was an even read. You, you could well have been a goal or two ahead had things gone the right way. 15 entries for two scoring shots. Uh, your line coach, the forward line coach, c can I ask what you would have said to him in broad terms? I know you're never going to give us the, <laughs> the absolute yeah. accuracy, um, which is obviously secret. Can you tell us what your directions to him were or what the questions to him were about the forward line and the setup? Yeah, well, I think, I mean, the, the forwards, as so often, mate, you would know, the forwards are, are um, at the end of your offence and so you, you, what happens uh, through the midfield and even out of D50 is um, impacts on the forwards' ability to, to find time and space and, and, and get those contests uh, on their terms. Um, as the, as the back six are relying on the, the pressure on the ball, but we just weren't able to, to present at, our, at the crumb well enough. We didn't take any marks, um, so Mason and Reedy were competitive, but they weren't clunking them. But at the fall of the ball, often we were 1v2 or 1v3, and even when we were even numbers, we weren't winning it. So the Bulldogs were just crumbing it better. Um, their midfielders were getting nice and deep. So we wanted to try and equalise a little bit more, equalise those numbers um, and improve our front and centre method. Um, funnily enough, we probably, the game opened up a little bit. We started going into a more open forward line from full ground ball use. But when we, uh, when we have a contested forward 50, we, we just need to do that better at, uh, at the ground level. Well, at, at the one that concerned me was there was three occasions, I think McRae took one, he might have taken two. A anyway, there was three times the ball travelled through the air, roughly 50 metres, and yet they were uncontested doggy backmen marking the ball. And you just couldn't get anyone to get to that drop of the ball. Yet the ball was hanging in the air for three and a half seconds or so. Yeah, no, and that's a little bit of sometimes it's decision, sometimes it's, um, sometimes it's roll in front of the ball. But, you know, we don't get it perfect, but if you get it right often enough, you're, uh, you give yourself a chance and... Clearly, we're we're able to turn it around, and I thought, you know, that was a sign of real maturity from from our group to be able to finish the game off the way we did. At the last, where are you? Are you who are you watching? Well, uh, Witten Oval, our VFL boys are ah. playing here, so yeah. You you made mention of something there when the the ball didn't come in on their turns. What do you expect of your players? Because that's one of my beliefs is, and that terminology, forwards getting the ball on their terms. Yeah. You know, in, in hard clinches, in first quarters like that first quarter, it's not coming in on your terms. What do you expect? Uh, what we got from our forwards for the most part, which is a, which is a um, structure and direction for the, for the ball carriers, their job is to, is to be in good shape so that as the play unfolds in front of them with ball in hand, that the ball carrier has as many choices as possible. We, we don't coach the decision that hard. We're... We're really keen for our players to express themselves and to take what the opposition give you defensively. Um, and we need our big boys to be um, to be presenting for the contest if uh, if that ball carrier reckons he's in a bit of he's in a bit of a spot and he needs um, just to throw it on the boot. So I think we've we've done that really well. The balance of you know trying to shift the defence and and take the contest. We're not afraid of contests in front of the ball, and we're probably playing a little bit more forward footy than we have been over the last couple of years. And um, last night was a better example of that as the game wore on, and it probably was a little bit, um, 
bit of a slow start given that the last two or three weeks we probably haven't been as prepared to take that contest forward of the ball. So it was a good shift ultimately over four quarters. Nathan, Bob here. I'm curious about uh, Matty Boyd's influence during the week. Did you did you uh, lean on him and ask much of advice from him, from a, a man who used to be at the Inner Sanctum at the Bulldogs? Uh, yeah, we did, mate, heavily. Um, he ended up... Um, he ended up doing our opposition meeting, uh, sat in all our uh, match committee meetings. And, um, when you've got a resource like that, um, I mean, he's been fantastic um, in his own right in, for our program without considering our opposition. But, you know, when you're coming up against his old club, and as you would know, um, Murphy, as he walked into the Witten Oval today, he, he didn't have to walk at all. People started just carrying him sort of around the place. <laughs> and he polished up the statue a little bit. So he's um, he's being fated here. But we, he was really important for us. Sat in the coach's box for the first time last night and um, you know, took the reins at one stage, pushed me aside, said, I reckon I could take two weeks for <laughs> here. So, no, he's, he's been brilliant, and it was uh, it was a good week for him. Well, he's still a favourite son out west, despite the fact that he was probably the difference <laughs> last night. I, I, I just want to ask you about we were, we were we were chatting about the the midfield dominance of the of the Magpies last night. Who who did you think was the most influential of the midfielders? Was it the big fella in the ruck, or was it one of the worker bees around him who you thought had the most influence last night? No, I thought early we, yeah, we just weren't able to put that pressure on, and we were trying to handball through too much pressure ourselves. We just weren't prepared to take yards. So I thought as the game wore on, that Brody's influence was was significant, um, and I thought um, Pendles was was a pretty strong four quarter performer. Uh, I, I thought that Steele was probably quieter, but went forward and, and had an impact late. Um, Adam Trelaw was consistent through most of the night, um, and and Bigoe coming in after half time for those centre bounces and, and uh, midfield stoppages was was crucial. You sort of got to share the load, but there's no doubt when the big unit um, starts attacking ground balls, um, when it's in tight and he starts attacking ground balls, he uh, creates a bit of a sway for uh, for his teammates, and we love it when he does that. So give us an insight, Nathan, into his development, Brody Grundy, and where you see him now. Uh, he's um, he's always had a really uh, healthy um, value of himself, not just as a footballer, but as a bloke. And, and we love he's, he's got some layers, Broads, and um, he's he's always wanting to improve, always wanting to learn. In the first couple of years, he was just I think he, he spent that much time at the club working on his craft, and you see that and you love it as coaches. But he's he's, he's modified that now. He knows when it's when it's good time and, and when he's really applying himself and when to get away and switch off. So his balance and where footy fits in his life has always been a strong point, but I think that's just getting better and better. Um, he's, um, he never takes uh, the accepted view as the final view. He's always prepared to challenge the status quo, and I love having the conversations I have with Rhodes around it. Um, and and uh, he's... Fortunately, uh, for a ruckman, he's quite intelligent, so it's, it's, it's good to it's good to be able to have those chats with him. But he's he's probably his prototype, you know, future ruckman. Isn't he? He's, he's, he's he could be a midfielder in his own right around stoppages if um, if we needed him to be. We've we've toyed with putting Mason in the ruck and letting Brody, you know, just go to town uh, at ground level. But we probably uh, we get that anyway because after the hit out, he's he's, he's almost the first bike down um, in any contest. Uh, um, when he's on. Just on that, are things changing with Ruckman? We're seeing them, I mean, obviously we've seen the evolution of this non-second Ruckman. We've seen West Coast still have the two, but just the yeah. major Ruckman in the competition are dominating almost like never before, both in terms of hit-outs, but particularly in terms of possessions. 
Yeah, I think it's part of the psyche of you know of any player really, but probably more prevalent in Ruckman than anywhere else because they really are the last of the, the single role players. Like most half forward flankers can play on the wing or half back flank. Most key forwards might be able to go to the back line at a pinch or vice versa. But Ruckman are Ruckman. And um, so there's a bit of um, there's a bit of uh, chest beating that goes on with that. And when they are the sole guy, generally the right personality, when he's the sole guy, he takes that responsibility on. And when Brodes is the sole guy, he's always... It, it always seems like he just just grows a little bit, another 10 or 15%, because he realises how important he is to his teammates, how crucial his um, performance is going to be, because no one else is going to come in and play that role and and he's standalone. So we've got we've got Mason there to back him back uh, Broads up as our number one, and, and Mason can uh, can handle himself in the ruck uh, on his own right. Uh, but we see different um, different clubs use different tactics and. The rules of the day allow allow that to happen with smaller ruckmen at the moment. Nathan, given that you've got Sharonberg playing so well in key defensive posts, Lyndon Dunn doing the same, it would seem that the, the the sort of floating big men you have. I know you ran Reedy behind the ball for a few minutes in the, late yep. in the first quarter, but with Reed, you would think, given your druthers, if you play them where you want, Brody in the ruck, Mason forward, relief rucking when need be, Reed forward. And no need in the back line with those two we've already mentioned. Where does Moore fit in? Well, let's get him fit first, Dan. Um, yeah. I think the plan, I mean, I know the plan was to, to get him in behind the ball, but, you know, Lyndon Dunn's form's been first class. Matty Schoenberg's come up, and, and really, they're, as, a, as, a, as, as our key backs, they're probably not prototype shape and size yep. across the competition at the moment. Um, they're both quite big body. They're, they're very strong in the aerial contest, but they're they're um, small enough to, to handle themselves at ground level and to be able to you know cover the ground to you know to, to cover medium types. So they've um, they've been really good for us. And you're right when you look at our balance at the moment. You know where does where does Das fit? You know, so the likely he's, he's come back in the side twice as a forward, um, and that is probably his likely his likely in. Um, but having said that, I'm sure Reedy and Coxie have something to say about that, um, and it'll be dependent on form when we when we get the players up and about. But it's a good position to be in as a match committee because we want um, as many boys competing for spots as possible. Now we we normally ask, oh, what do you think of such and such from an opposition club? And they say, oh, I'm not willing to talk about anyone from an opposition team. Yeah. What's it like to have someone like Darcy Moore when there is speculation from the outside of other clubs going after him? How does how does that sit with you as a coach, and do you have conversation with him? Well, it's it's, it's how does it sit? It's like every other day, Derm. Only it, only it's um, it's there's an article written about it, but, but that is the reality of um, of, of football at the professional level. Um, there's a game within a game that takes place under the rock, and every now and then the rock gets lifted, and we sort of have to have, have a look at that. And um, at the moment, for us, it's Darcy and Geordie. Um, We've just signed, you know, four boys. We've got Braden Sire ready for another year. We've got a couple of boys that we've got, like Jaden Stevenson, locked away again. So we're not sitting on our hands. Um, uh, so when other clubs were mention it or when it's mentioned, you know, it's just, it really is just another day at the office. Um, we're, we're really confident in the environment we're building. We're, you know, the relationship that, that, that both of those boys have and all of our 
you know, all of our players have with the club is really strong at the moment, and we continue to want to build that. We'll focus on that rather than any speculation or scuttlebutt. After ten rounds, do you do you have you got a feel now for where you are in in, in the roughly in the, in the competition? Yeah, about six and four, Hutto. Okay. Um, <laughs> I reckon uh, that's the smart ass response. It is, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and you went but, to um, it. I did. I always do. Sorry, buddy. Um, I reckon. Um, no, I, I mean I think we've played. Like the last three weeks after the, you know, so we got Richmond in round six and played some good footy there, but sort of dropped off late. And at, um, you know, at, at four and, t- at, what, were three and three at that point, I thought, you know, that was fair, but I thought we played some pretty good footy um, for that month. Um, I reckon um, we the last three weeks, Brisbane, Geelong and St Kilda, we just didn't quite play as well as we would have liked or, or as close as we would like to, to impose ourselves on the game, uh, even though we won two of those games. Uh, I thought we got back a little bit closer to what we want to see. and So really, without looking at the, uh, the rest of the competition, I, I reckon we sort of came off a little bit for three weeks. The performance last night was encouraging. We've got a, a couple of games into the bye that we really want to reinforce that style. And the opposition have got to say in this, clearly. But you know, we've still got a lot of growth in us. And without looking at you know where we stack up against the comp, we think that we've still got that growth and we're going to focus on that and, and hopefully um, develop that over the next um, four to six weeks. What's got more growth, your team or your beard, do you think? <laughs> Risky. Um, it's a matter of opinion. Oh, do you think I should go social with it, mate? It seems to... Oh, it should have its own Insta page. <laughs> I think I, I think that people should speak about what, what I should do with it. I mean, I... Oh, <laughs> It's the people's beard, I like it. I don't know, I wouldn't get in Ben Hudson's way. <laughs> Shave the guts out of it, Bucks, and just have handlebars. <laughs> well, it's, it started there as a particular part of our game that um, that we we weren't going to change anything structurally, um, but we just needed to sharpen up our intent on it. So the players, if they keep a clean sheet on it, then the coaches aren't, weren't allowed to shave. And if, the, if, oh. the, if, they, if they let a goal up, well, then the players weren't allowed to shave. So <laughs> since we've brought that in a month ago, um, there's been three clean sheets and, and one and and, uh, and one where the players have had to um, not grow. It's it's a bit murky and muddy. And, and the fact is that I've probably ignored that. I'm just growing it anyway. But <laughs> that's where it's, that, was the, that was the catalyst for it at the beginning. Thanks for the explanation. No. Do you ever go to the team? Oh. Sorry, I know, I know but yeah. you raise an interesting point, but have you ever said to your team, look, guys, blah, 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 well done, not well done, I coached bad today, we coached bad today. Do you ever put it back on yourself towards, uh, in front of the group? Yeah, well, so for the, the most recent example of that, I try not to do it too often, Dan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think vulnerability and honesty is good, but not at the, not at the uh, point of being... Uh, Incapable, but um, <laughs> uh, like when we reviewed our game against St Kilda, um, we were pretty strong on on the fact that we we were able to finish that game off and win the game. But we we were a long way away from how we actually some some of the areas that we wanted to execute. So in review, we had a look at those and said that we need to get back to controlling the things that we that we value and 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 doing them better. Um, the players can execute it better. I think I think we can coach it better. Um, and we're going to go do that because we, we're not... Um, the players are the ones that go out and get the job done and have to get the job done. There's no beating around that. But it is a real... It's a strong relationship with the coaching, coaching group and the players to be able to be really clear on what the, we think the game's going to look like and where, where the opportunities lie. And 
So, yeah, you've got to put your hand up if you don't get it right, mate. Yeah. Nathan, thanks for joining us. I really appreciate it. Good luck for the rest of the season. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.